0: Welcome back darkness lovers to the Restoring Darkness podcast and video show. Got a great show up ahead for you with the Darkness News Report with Scott Walker, and also in a wonderful interview with Todd Burlett, president of Starry Skies North. But before we get into that, I want to tell you a little bit. The word is out. The press releases have been released to all the different news agencies in the lighting industry. The Lighting and Darkness Foundation is has arrived. It's incorporated, it's ready to issue donation receipts, and we already have our first client. That's right. Coming out of Utah, Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies. Who are they? Well, they're a group in Utah, and they're in the back half of the mountain range. Wasatch is the mountain range. Wasatch Front is Salt Lake City. Wasatch Back is a beautiful valley, pristine, with wonderful, glorious dark skies. And the gr- the group there, Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies, is in an ordinance battle. And the Lighting and Darkness Foundation is going in to help them. Greg, myself, gr- myself, and Greg Eric are flying in there on the 13th to see to speak to the um, planning committee of the town and to encourage them to not allow uplight in, in Wasatch Back. And so what I want you guys to do right now, we have a special campaign for Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies. I want you to go to the Restoring Darkness podcast website right now, restoringdarkness.com. I want you to see campaigns along the top. Click the campaigns. It'll show you a donation for Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies, folks. That's right. And you can donate directly to this initiative. And all of the funds will go to the good folks in a hard battle in Utah right now to save pristine, beautiful environment of, of Wasatch so Wasatch County. So I want you to go there right now. Now, here's another little special tidbit for you folks out there. The Lighting and Darkness Foundation will match every single dollar donated up to 3500 bucks. That's right, folks. We're stepping up to the plate. We're throwing 3500 bu- dollars their way to help them out and Greg and I are going to be going there to um to, you know, lend our support, see what we can do. So go there, but before you go, even better, I want you to click that donate button as well. And why not become a recurring donor, folks? Why not help us out on a monthly basis to do this great work? So restoringdarkness.com. Now, we have a great show ahead for you. Like I said, we have Todd Burlett, president of Starry Skies North. Great interview with him. But before we get to him, we got to go to the Darkness News Report with Scott Walker coming up right now. I can't sit for the report. Oh, I thought I was sitting for the report. See, don't worry about it, folks. My producer <laughs> just told me I'm new to this. Don't worry. We're rocking and rolling. I'm just supposed to move over this way. So I'm in the middle. I felt, There we go. I'm, I'm back now. We're new, folks. So take it easy on us. Scott, what's in the news right now in the darkness news?
1: Well, uh, you might have heard of this, but um, the Board of Nailed, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors, they've launched a, a new nonprofit foundation for the uh, – Research, advocacy, and expansion of uh, better lighting and and Darkness, that they're called the Lighting and Darkness Foundation, and I think they're taking donations right now. That's I what think they
0: are, that's I. right folks, you gotta go, right, just go to restoringdarkness.com right now, click the donate button, you can donate, become a recurring donor, you can give us a big donation or a small donation, everything helps, and also you can contribute directly, Scott, they can contribute directly to Save, Wasatch, Back, Dark, Skies, and we're gonna match every dollar up to 3500 You, you bet baby, let's go. That's right, the biggest news. The, uh, the report is over. That,
1: that's the big one. That's <laughs> the big one. But uh, that's the big one. Next one off the dome is that the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol will be evaluating their use of lights under the National Environmental Policy Act, which they had not had to do uh, under the previous administration.
0: So this is light pollution that would be projecting along the southern border of the United States, or is it is it the Canadian border as well?
1: Uh Right now, they've only got lights up in the on the southern border. If they were to say, you know, park a bunch of stadium lighting uh, at Manitoba, or there's that one irregular crossing in New York, they would have to go through the same procedure.
0: So basically, they they've lit up certain areas of the border that are prone to uh, migrants crossing, like prison yards. And they're saying that, you know, hey, maybe we don't need this much light or maybe we can shield it. Maybe we can direct it. Maybe we can push it down and not have such a enormous sky glow creation in this, which is probably an area that's that has a lot of wildlife, which has a lot of these are probably remote areas. And so, you know, good for them for taking that step.
1: All right. Next up, we have Groveland, Florida. This is a town 30 miles west of Orlando is the first dark sky recognized uh, town in Florida, uh, this is right next to some uh, state wetlands, so they're looking to be a buffer between the Orlando lighting and what the uh, wetlands actually needs.
0: So it's like a transition zone, where you're going yes. from heavy light pollution into, into a, an area where night is preserved, and they're transitioning. Fantastic. Love it, Scott.
1: So we've got a survey. Uh, this was published by Cornell, but thirty. Per- uh, what they what they've done is they took about thirty five hundred Americans. Uh, they showed, they asked them if they wanted regulation on lighting coming out of greenhouses at night, and twenty six percent per- 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 of respondents said, "Yeah, uh, we don't need to regulate that." And then the survey takers showed them a picture. Of what these greenhouses look like at night. And that number went up to about 37%.
0: <laughs> so 37% after seeing a picture of a greenhouse felt like it should be regulated? Only yes. 30. Uh, that's a little bit depressing, actually. I think it should be 100%. Yeah. And if you've ever well, taken a, a trip down... A
1: 12% jump on one picture is yes. a lot, though.
0: But I th- I don't think a lot of people realize that you can you can see these greenhouses from they look like UFOs are landing or something in a field in southern Ontario. If you go down to Leamington, I'm sure there's they're all over the United States as well. We need to shield these things. It it's absolutely disgusting what and I'm I'm not, I mean it's it sounds like a horrible word, but it's grotesque the way these these greenhouses look. And we need food. Scott, we need to eat. I want greenhouses, I want them to thrive. I want, you know, I'm, I love greenhouses. I got nothing against greenhouses, but we need to shield the light at night. It's, it's, it's disgusting. It, and, and so I, I, I think that if people took a little trip to Leamington or were even across, what's that lake that connects uh, um, Lake Erie and Lake Huron, the one in between near, near uh, Detroit and Windsor and all that, you can see these greenhouses from the other side of the lake glowing purple and green in the sky. It's, it's, Absolutely disgusting. So, folks, we need to get that number up to 100%, Scott Walker. Work on it, please.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, so the state of Connecticut is about to enact, or out of session for the summer, but the state of Connecticut is about to enact a law where all non-essential lights owned or managed by the state are just off at 11 at 11 p.m. Just off. All year.
0: Now, this is not roadway lighting, obviously. We're talking about lights on buildings?
1: Yeah, this is, this is parks, this is parking lots, this is any any state-owned building. So, you know, courthouses, courthouses, governor's mansion.
0: So I think it's time for letting controls people to get to Connecticut and start offering uh, the government of Connecticut solutions to this because that's a big, that's going to be, well, maybe they already have the infrastructure. They might have the timers in place. Maybe they just have to set the timers. I think that's yeah. good news for the our movement. The other
1: thing this bill does is that it's going to direct the Connecticut Code and Standards Committee Consider Mm -hmm. doing this across the state building code. So this would become law for larger buildings that are privately held.
0: You know what's interesting about, you know, the preserving night argument, like what we were talking about with our work at Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies and helping out the good folks there. You know, the idea of preserving night is so obvious. And that's actually the easy part of this, to go to say to people, like, why? Why are we doing this? We know it's wrong, right? It's the darkness restoration piece that I think is a little bit harder, Scott. And that's where... You know, regulators are going to say, you know, how are we going to balance that safety thing? And that's where we need that research. That's where we need that evidence. That's where we need that instruction and that training to teach people to do this correctly. Because people are not going to want to turn off their lights. I can guarantee you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, We're going to go overseas. Austria, the federal Mm -hmm. government, has has passed a bill that will amend... All of the small town constitutions, all these like you know the Strasbourg Act and all these other things, and allow municipal lighting bylaws that uh, will be able to set their own particular needs vis-a-vis light pollution, nuisance lighting, whatever it is, except near trains.
0: Well, again, that that when we're restoring darkness, it's a lot more delicate. Again, a good example, like hey, let's stay away from the train tracks for a bit till we get the, you know, the parking lot figured out. That's a little bit easier. But, I mean, yeah, the movement is growing. So, way to go, Austria. Keep going.
1: Chile will be establishing 150 square mile uh, night sky zones around observatories. Chile is home to 40% of all observatories.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. And so, these are going to be like those buffer zones we were talking about. Um, with the Florida article that you brought up, where they're going to have an area around these observatories. And you say, how big did you say they were going to be?
1: 150 square miles.
0: That's a lot of space. <laughs> that, that,
1: that, that That is a lot. That is a lot. And again, yeah. we're talking about these desert regions of Chile that are already largely empty. It, we're putting observatories in Chile because they're only cloudy 60 days a year.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That sounds like a. That sounds like, the movement's growing, Scott. Keep going. What else you got for me?
1: Uh, so low estrogen levels in mice make circadian disruption worse. Okay. This is all we found out.
0: That's all we know. And is that how is That's estrogen, what we found out? Is estrogen related to light pollution?
1: Well, what what we're seeing is this is in mice. They're kept under full blast light all day, all night, mm. and. Estrogen beta is not being transmitted while under this uh, security, under this circadian disruption, which is going to have health effects down the road. You know, i just a preliminary study.
0: I'm, par- yeah, I'm, I, I'm partly like to this, this, you know, when we discovered through our work, Scott, on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast and then to, to the Restoring Darkness podcast, the idea that humans are not a nocturnal species. Right. And I'm not sure if mice are a nocturnal species are but my, my, my instinct is that they are. But a nocturnal species needs to operate in the dark. And and not having darkness when it's supposed to be dark causes them to have health health issues. Maybe it's time for humans, except for you know first responders to consider returning everything to nocturnal work. No more twenty-four hour Walmarts. I mean that would be interesting, Scott. No gas stations. Twenty four hours unless they're on a highway. Stuff like that. I would be super interesting to see that. Reduce massively reduce the number of night shift workers. Unnecessary night shifts. Walmart, twenty four hour Walmart. Do we need it? I mean really
1: I mean, I think when we're talking about this, we need to sort of change how we think about the hospitality industry. I was a bartender for many years, so I was a twenty four hour Walmart guy. But mm. that's because I was getting home at four in the morning. And yeah,
0: we need really the bartenders we
1: need to... though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not saying. Look, I, 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 mean, we can talk about how essential my job was, but we can talk about okay, let's set up entertainment districts. Let's be like Berlin, like Amsterdam, say like this is mm. our night entertainment zone. The bartenders are here. The mile around that—that's the support for the bartenders. That's where your 24-hour Walmart can be. Mm. And then sure. beyond that, you know what? Let you know. Let the bur- let the burbs have the night. There you go. Our last one for this week is that a study uh, from uh, Italy shows that dim light at night, so four lux and under. Um, if you need a frame of reference, a full moon on a clear night is about six. Mm-hmm. So four lux and under at the sea floor is causing uh, Neptune grass to grow thirty-five percent slower than other sea than sea grass that is not experiencing that light at night.
0: And so you're talking about the bottom of the ocean
1: bottom of the mediterranean
0: and this light is coming from this is anthropogenic light pollution going into the mediterranean sea
1: this this is coastal lighting yeah so we're talking about near the coast versus further out
0: wow you know that goes back to um uh, some of the 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 work that we talked about around ponds and around um around lakes where they had the uh, you know we were installing 5000 kelvin um uh uh, led lighting and the fish were swimming out further into the lake and being being devoured more by bigger carnivorous fish and causing all kinds of ecosystem problems and even in the ocean we see in a gigantic body of water we're seeing the impacts wow that's incredible scott
1: well the other thing i gotta point out is that neptune grass by volume is 15 more of 15 times more effective at sinking carbon than brazilian rainforest.
0: Well, listen, you know, Greta Thunberg, we're coming for you because we. I can't can't speak enough about how this movement and all the people working in it are, we have a solution for these problems. We know what it is. We have the technology to fix it. And any other environmental problem that involves carbon emissions, energy consumptions, reductions, anything like this, this is the place to work right now. If you're an environmentalist. Darkness restoration and night preservation is the place to start this, start your work. It's The other problems are difficult to solve. And so if we have um, a movement here that is offering you massive energy savings, mass and car- massive carbon emission reductions, pro- improving um, ecosystems and wildlife and, and for biologically sensitive areas, we need the environmentalists to include darkness restoration in, into the environmentalist movement, and I think it should be a prioritized ahead of carbon, ahead of climate change. Not because, not because, you know, any argument about climate change. I'm talking about this will contribute. It's the most effective thing we can do right now. So, environmentalists, we need you. We need you. Scott Walker, great reporting, man. Love you, buddy. All
1: right. Well, thank you.
0: That has been the Darkness News Update, folks. And I know I called it the report, but hey, I'm, I'm. Uh, we're doing this thing live, so we're we're working on our on all the different titles and everything. But I, before I go, guys, I want to tell you to go to RestoringDarkness.com. First, you can check out the darkness news, all the news that Scott was talking about. All those stories are posted to the RestoringDarkness.com website. You can also get them on LinkedIn. He posts them all on LinkedIn, so subscribe to our LinkedIn channel, Restoring Darkness. And then on top of that, I want to tell you about the Lighting in Darkness Research Foundation. I want to remind you of it that you can donate, you can become a monthly donor by clicking the donate button on, on the restoringdarkness.com website, become a monthly donor, donate once, support our, our great work or alternatively, you can help out the folks in Utah, that's right, save Wasatch back dark skies, campaigns button, click it, you'll see a, a, a donate box there, every dollar goes directly to the good folks in Utah that are fighting an ordinance battle right now and the Lighting and Darkness Foundation will match every dollar in that campaign, dollar for dollar, up to 3500 bucks, Folks, thanks for listening to the Darkness News Report.